How do you avoid giving in to the emotional roller coaster of being a creative? It can be so tough to keep yourself balanced and to handle the emotions that go into being a creative from day to day, especially if you're an actor or an actress. These are professions in the creative realm that really require a lot of nurturing and a lot of support. And you're going to learn from our guest today, Andrea Osfart, who is a international actress, a native of Hungary, and someone that really understands the inner life of being an actor and a creative. You're going to learn from her today how to manage and to deal with those emotions in a healthy way. One that's going to leave you so much more confident in every area of your life. This is one of those episodes you don't want to miss a minute of, but just give me a moment to welcome our newest listeners to the God and Gig Show, and then we'll get right into this important and powerful discussion. Artists, musicians, and creatives of all kinds, looking for help balancing your passion to create with your everyday life? Not sure if your faith can coexist with your profession? Welcome to a place where real artists discuss real life. You're listening to The God and Gig Show. Visit GodandGigs.com for show notes, links, and more information. Hello and welcome to our show. Thank you so much for making this podcast a part of your creative day. And if you are new to this show, new to us, thank you so much for giving this podcast a chance. I believe you have found your tribe because I'm making a very, very, very good guess that you are a creative, an artist, an entrepreneur, anyone in the intersection of the arts and entertainment space, but you also have a spiritual, Christian, faith-focused foundation, and you want to make sure that you become completely confident in everything you do in your creative life. That's why we're here to help you to blend and connect the dots between your spiritual life and your creative life so that you can walk into any project, anything facing your life, whether it's in your creative life or your faith, or even in your family with complete confidence. That's what we're here for. That's why I believe you're in the right place. So thanks for joining us. Make sure you follow and subscribe to the show on whichever app you're using and stay in touch with us through our social media accounts. All of them are God and gigs for the username. Now let's get right into today's amazing episode with my guest, Hungarian artist, actress, producer, and coach, Andrea Osfart. Now, let me tell you why you're going to want to listen with just a tiny bit of her bio, which she'll explain much more about her experience and why she is going to bless you so much with her conversation and her insights today into the emotional health of creatives. She is an international multi-award winning actress with over 50 acting credits. She starred opposite movie stars like Robert Redford. She has been in the business for over 25 years and has sold, produced feature films that have been given and sold to Netflix and HBO. So when she is speaking, she's speaking from experience, but she's also speaking from an authentic place of wanting to help artists to get over your insecurities, to get over those fears, those post-show and post-project downs and depressions and blues that you feel when you're not sure where your identity lies, whether it's in what you do or who you are. 
and especially her heart and her knowledge of the acting industry to help actors and actresses to really understand how to maintain themselves throughout this roller coaster of a career. I'm telling you, whether you're in acting or whether you're just wanting to learn more about how to handle your emotions as you go through this creative life, this is the episode you have got to listen to. So I am so grateful for her authenticity, for her insight and her knowledge. I want to get right to it so you can hear from the woman herself. Here's our conversation with Andrea Osvar. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot tell you how excited and inspired I already am to be bringing you this conversation. It's a serious but a very, very important conversation we're about to have with my new friend, Andrea Osvart. She is an actress. She is a performer and a coach who is really going to open the doors of some things that you might not have thought about in your artistic life. So Andrea, welcome to the Guiding Gig Show. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and thank you for having me. Uh, I'm so much looking forward to our conversation. We just were mentioning because we do these little beginning, you know, introduction talks. And I was just thinking like when I started going through my notes, I said, oh, my gosh, like there's so much she has to share. I wish I could have recorded two episodes right off the bat because <laughs> you you do. You have I was reading your bio and doing my, my little halfway stalking thing. Right. Because I wanted to learn more about you. And there are so many facets about your career that echo um, me as a musician, all of us creatives in this Godgis community, whether we're dancers, photographers, poets, filmographers, actors, you know, whatever we do, there's so many layers to each one of our careers. And you are a perfect candidate for that. You have so many layers to your career and now you're helping people. But just for a second, let's do the 30 second elevator pitch. I know everybody has to do this in podcast. So let people know who you are and what you do in kind of like a summary. Okay, thank you. So I've been in the acting industry for about 25 years now. And um, I started in Hungary, where I was born, which is a small country in Central Europe next to Austria. And I had a big dream. Uh, it was not a realistic dream to become an actress and um, nevertheless to make a living out of it. But I pursued my dream and I uh, left Hungary. I went to Italy for 10 years where my acting career took off. And then I went to live in L.A., in Hollywood for three years. Um, and then I worked there as well. But eventually I came back to Europe and now I live again in Budapest and uh, still acting, but also helping performers to make the right decisions during their careers because these 25 years in in this entertainment industry was a, definitely a roller coaster with lots of ups and downs and a lot of experience and and yes you're right i have a lot to share and i got to uh pull you back a little bit because you you when I did my little digging, I saw that you have a couple of other things that you did before you found yourself in acting. I saw something about dancing and I saw something about modeling. Now, the reason I asked you to kind of like dig into a little of those is because both of those are, again, creative, but they're also highly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Highly visible, right? Modeling, especially that kind of caught my eye because we're going to talk about self-image and how you kind of keep yourself. And so I'm just wondering what led you to acting and what might have you learned in those other areas of creative life before you became, you know, uh, and fell in love with acting? 
Yes, dancing used to be one of my dreams, which I was not able to pursue because as I grew up in this small Hungarian village, there were there was no dance school at all. So actually, as an adult, I made it up for myself. And I just two years ago, I participated in the Hungarian Dancing with the Star TV show. And I had a chance to to dance there for the first time, really, which I really enjoyed. But you're right. I started as a model when I was a teenager and I worked as a model for about eight years. But then I got bored of it because, um, yes, it's it's an industry that is founded very much on the looks and exterior. And I found it after a while a little bit superficial. And I was as I was growing as a person inside, I felt like I I can add much more to a product than just my body and my face. So uh, I wanted to express myself and I wanted to contribute and be creative. So modeling led me to do some TV commercials and then I enrolled in an acting school and so on. I started to uh, get small roles and then bigger roles and then leading roles. Mm. Now you mentioned the roller coaster, right? And again, I... I am a novice when it comes to the acting and the film industry. I am, you know, on the outside looking in at, you know, big budget blockbusters and stars in Hollywood, as you mentioned, being in LA, like there's all this world around the acting career, but there's that beginning step that you just mentioned of getting the first role of stepping into this for the first time. I mean, how nervous were you? How scary is it to just even say, I want to be an actor and then you know, send out that first, um, I guess, again, I, I don't even know what the words are, whether it's a, a, a video for an audition or whatever. Like, how do you, did you feel and how did that impact you jumping into this incredibly, you know, very competitive industry? Yes, thank you for asking. It's it's a difficult question. I remember I was very determined when I was like 15 years old or 16 years old, and I couldn't take no as an answer. So mm-hmm. I decided for myself, I saw an ad in a magazine that they were looking for models and I sent my picture in probably without my mom knowing about it. <laughs> and uh, and then the phone rang at home and my mother took the phone and there was a nice lady on, on the line and they asked me for, um, you know, for a casting. And that's how my, my, my mom learned about it. And, uh, and eventually I uh, convinced her that uh, she doesn't have to be af- afraid of anything and that she should trust me because I, I know what I'm doing. And I was so determined that I didn't feel fear at that time. But then I remember that casting I went to and it was quite an experience in terms of a little bit of humiliation because we had to line up all the girls in bathing suits next to each other lined up and um, and the few girls were suddenly all of a sudden just sent home because they were not tall enough you know for the business so that was a little bit humiliating but I still kept my faith that uh, I had um, I had I had a purpose with all this I want to get where I want to get and this is uh, a tool that will get me there 
Wow. That, that, the fact that you had to see like that cutthroat moment from the, from the get go, right? People dismissed because of their looks. And then, of course, I'm sure in future auditions, it was this or that or the reasons why you heard no and your determination clearly had to be a factor. But, um, let me know now that you've kind of seen it from 25 years of experience. Um, what allowed you to make to other than the determination? To survive that roller coaster when there were yeses and nos and agents and people, all of this back and forth, as you mentioned, the roller coaster, we're going to get into more like the emotional side of being an artist. But you can see I'm kind of leaning toward that right now because this is a, again, as a musician, I'd go through auditions, I'd go through performances, but to me, acting just takes another level of, of fortitude. Because so much of it is based on you giving out of yourself in front of people and interacting with people that, you know, the skill is both external, connecting with other people, but also internal. So how did you manage to survive that roller coaster in the first, I guess, 10, 15 years when you, when you started to find your footing, I guess, as an actor? Yes, um, I made a, a I, I was always thinking outside of the box and I made a step very different from the rest of the actors here in Hungary. I moved abroad mm. and getting out of my comfort zone was helping me, was adding to my career because basically I was forced to make it. I felt like I had no choice. I didn't want to go back home ashamed that I failed. Mm. So that gave me another extra fuel to of determination to make it abroad. I spoke Italian when I left and then I went to live in Italy. And I really, really fe felt like um, I needed to pay rent. So I had to become the best at that audition. I didn't have my family there. I didn't have my friends there. So the only thing I could hold on to was my dream and my career. And I think that's um, a very useful advice for somebody who, who feels that he's born to, to do this profession. I would encourage anyone to, to go somewhere else and, and try to find out who you are when you are not in your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. That's great advice. And I just thought about you know, you having to step away from to a whole nother, whole nother country, right? Now, obviously, you, you know, you learn the language and you get used to the culture, but then there's all these other things that you have to kind of, like you said, just figure it out by the seat of your pants. Just every single moment might be a new thing, a new director, a new audition, a new project. And so one of my questions I wanted to know was where was like the highlight? Like you had obviously a lot of struggles to kind of figure yourself out, but there's also like those moments like, ah, <gasps> I made it or I'm next to this person or this person recognized me. Like what was the moment for you that you said, wait a minute, maybe this will work. Maybe this is something that I can do because this amazing moment happened in my career. Okay. There were a few ones. I remember the first big role I got in Italy and I thought, okay, that's it. I made it. My life's going to change now. And I expected all, the whole world to recognize me the day after on the street <laughs> But obviously that didn't happen. Nobody recognized me just because <laughs> of a guest starring role. And then I realized, okay, so my life has not changed anything. I he still have to go to do grocery shopping. Yeah. <laughs> <The> same <laughs> can, way as can, before. You can, and you can get there without anybody mobbing you. You could get through the, <laughs> to the, to the lettuce and no one said, oh my gosh, it's Andrea. Like, yes, I, that, now that I've had to deal with that too. I've had a couple of times where I've been recognized locally. 
in restaurants. And I'm literally looking at them like, how do you know who I am? And it's like, <laughs> it's those moments where it's like this weird thing of like, you know, you're a public figure. And yet other people are looking at us like, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were other moments. I remember in, from 2007, I went to uh, LA uh, to attend acting workshops, acting trainings every 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 August for a month, and uh, and I remember I attended one of th- one of the greatest acting schools there. And one day, the teacher told me what are you doing here in between the four walls? You should be out there like going to castings and you should have an agent because you're so talented. And for a European actress coming from Hungary, which is a communist country, nobody ever, I mean, except Zsa Gabor, like a a hundred years ago or nearly from Hungary, going to LA and being told that I was talented I remember that moment a lot. And, and, and then I started to believe that I could maybe really do this job as a full-time profession. Wow. Isn't that powerful, the encouragement of getting just one other professional, one other and person thing, that you respect? And the thing is that we, 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 we would like to believe them. I mean, this, this was a teacher in an acting school, so right. I guess she knows what she's talking about so I trusted her opinion I mean it it, it's different if my mom tells me you're talented or if my neighbor tells me you're talented and it's another thing when a teacher from Los Angeles an acting teacher from a renowned acting schools school tells you the same and that was a big big moment for me of of realization of you know not doubting myself anymore. Yeah, that validation means a lot. And it's important to say that, you know, you have the internal validation, as you said, that you knew you wanted this, but um, we don't listen to all of the critics, right? We don't let everybody speak into our life. We don't let everybody say what we should or shouldn't do and then take their opinion. But it is important to get the people that you respect and to find the right people, right? That you can respect and that really kind of feed your artistic soul so that you say, yes, that's right. I belong here. I'm wondering now, we've talked a lot about your journey, but there's a lot of other people, as we just mentioned, around you, people that are actors that are trying to make it where you made it. And now you've added coach to your uh profession and to your expertise on how you help people. So what motivated you to become a coach? You know, being in the business is hard enough. Being an actress is hard enough. Now you're adding, (laughs) now you want to be that mentor to other people. So what, what motivated you to step into that area? Don't forget that helping others helps us as well. And it happened during COVID that for the first time in my life, I was out of work for a year, year and a half. I was here in Budapest um, at my home, and and uh, for six months, I kind of enjoyed that I I had all this free time, but a year and a half was a bit long. And mm. I, I read a book about psychology for performing artists. There there is not much literature about performing artists' psyche and psych- psychological issues and and the whys uh, of certain people want to become actors and others don't like what is that in them in their personality that's different so I started to dig into the soul of the of an artist and um, 
And I started to write little articles like blogs, blog, blog posts. And then eventually that um, turned into a little ebook, a mini book that I put on my website. And I, and I realized a lot of actors came to me for advice. And, uh, and now I'm actually doing uh, this coaching um, school and I'm, become, I'm about to become a certified coach this month in October 2022. And so it just all happened organically, naturally. And, uh, and I like to help people. That's so and, important. And help myself as well. Yeah, that's, no, that I've always learned as a teacher. I've been a teacher really pretty much my entire, you know, adult life. And I've found that no matter what I, you know, get, season I move into, I always learn more from the people I'm sharing with than I learned before. Like you teach yourself and you go to classes and all that. But when you start to teach, you hear yourself say the things you need to hear, right? You hear yourself using the principles and then you have to hold yourself accountable to the principles because you're telling other people to follow the principles. And it really is, exactly. like you said, you know, it's, it's so much better to give than to receive. That principle is so true, especially in teaching, because once you give, you do receive. And so I'm wondering now, what was the uh, the overriding message that you want your clients, that your people to hear? Because even when I looked at your website, there's a lot about choices, about conscious choices, about making decisions. What was it, or is it, I should say, that you really, if you had to just say the first lesson that you want every person coming to you, every actor, every creative coming to you, there's like one thing that if you don't hear anything else, I want to make sure you hear this. What's that one thing that's overriding for you when you talk to your clients? You mean, what's the question that I um, ask them on the first occasion? Yeah. Like what's the mate? Yeah. What's the first thing you want to make sure they know? Okay. So first of all, we artists, especially actors, that we are always in the shoes of being someone else and in character. Uh, usually the first lesson is about who we are. And I'm asking them the questions, what is your purpose with your acting career and why? Mm. What and why? So I realized a lot of people don't have clarity about why they want to act and why they want to become actors. They just have different, um, very superficial goals. But my job as a coach is to make them understand that booking a role is not a goal, really, because it is what that role means to you and what you need as, as a soul what feeling that role gives you or booking the role gives you is your real drive. And you, you, you better be clear about that because if you are, then it's not so easy to derail you from your path. Yeah. And now that's super important. I know the why is the big one for me. Uh, there's a great book I've read by Simon Sinek that says, start with why. Uh, business book, but you know, I always apply everything to both business and creative life. Um, if you don't know your why, if you don't know what it is that gets you up in the morning, why you chose this particular profession, why you showed up, why you called that person back, why you are going to be in the space to serve, then yeah, you can see whether it be businesses, creatives, people, like all of us individuals, we do need to have a purpose and something that gets us up in the morning and, and continues to drive us so that, like you said, it's so easy to go on a hamster wheel. It's so easy to just do the things. Oh, more more Twitter, more Facebook posts, more stuff, more um, performances. 
And then you look back 20 years and you just, why did I do all that? My biggest thing has been, Andrea, I've been a homebody for 20 years. I pretty much raised my family in the same area here in Florida. Never big tour, never did tours. And my why was because my family is going to be my first, first focus. My career will come second. And so uh, I probably missed out on a lot of opportunities, but that doesn't bother me because I have three children that still like their dad. <laughs> oh, of <laughs> and course. So, and you you seem to me very healthy and mentally It's sane. It's been a battle, though. <laughs> it's been a battle. And I say that out loud transparently to you and to kind of give you an example of someone that had to make that choice of the why. You know, and I'm sure everybody that's listening right now, they're also saying, okay, did I choose this because I wanted to be famous? Or did I choose this because I'm called to this, because this feeds my soul, this makes me alive and it helps me serve my community and really serve humanity by performing and being an artist? I mean, if you don't have that why, right, like that, we've seen so many people burn out because they did it for the fame. And, and they get disappointed and then frustrated and then depressed because a lot of people are sort of takers. They want to take from the industry. They want the fame, the money, and the success and the, 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 the stardom. Mm -hmm. But uh, what I've been seeing is that it doesn't work that way. Yeah. The universe is not uh, helping a lot of these individuals, but instead it helps those who want to give. Absolutely. So that's why you have to be clear about what you want, because if you want to take, it probably won't work. But if, if your genuine, genuine purpose is to give, then you probably won't be able to live without it because it's in you. It's in your, it's in your nature that you want to give and it has to come out and, and the universe needs that. That's a great way to put it. If you want to take, then it probably won't work. If you want to give, you can't live without it. Like that's a great thing to remind yourself of. Yes, no, you got to give yourself a pat on the back for that one. Because once you, you want, <laughs> just, yes, I just did you, it for the first time. Yeah, when you want to give, it makes you want to live. That I love it. Okay, so I want to talk about something else that we talked about, which is how we deal with your particular profession specifically the highs and lows of after you get the performance, after you get the movie, after you do the thing on the set and you're like, yes, I'm doing this. I'm doing it for the right reasons. I've, I've, I've achieved my goal and the movie's over, the shoot is over. And now what? Uh, for me, it would be after the big concert. I've had several big concerts in the last couple of weeks. And I'm looking back like, I can't keep posting these pictures forever. The show is over. I can't keep living in the past. So I know we talked a little bit in our previous conversation about the highs and lows of after a performance or after a movie. But you specifically, can you talk about like what it's like when yes, you got a high this, and then you step away from it? This, has a, this phenomenon has also a name, which I discovered lately. Mm. It's called the post-show blues. Post-show blues. Post-show blues, it, it's scientifically proven that, you know, you're part of a group, uh, you're in the same boat, you're fighting for the same goal, you're creating something together, and all of a sudden, it's over. Mm. It's finished. The product is done. And you're set free and goodbye. So that's uh, a sort of a grief um, process that we all have to go through in between jobs and we never know how long it would take. And sometimes, you know, we have problems in our lives 
And we are escaping that, escaping reality by living in our fantasies. And a movie, for example, is a perfect tool for that to True. live on a film set and forget all about my problems it take, at it take, home. It takes you into a whole other world, literally. But then it, the movie finishes and you have to take that flight back home and you have to face your problems again and they still they're still there they they didn't go away and and you have to you have to really become that person again and it's sort of difficult to you know be and live in a certain way for an extended period of time weeks or months and then go back and put your old shoes back on and try to fit in again And and then the insecurity arises, like, who am I? Where do I belong? Do I still belong here? I missed out on a lot of things. So so there are a lot of turmoils in, in an actor's or, or artist's psyche, I guess, when they're on location, on, on the road, and then they have to re, uh, reassess themselves in their own lives. Mm, I just realized, um, and I can't speak on this because of my gender. I'm not going to go there very deeply, but it sounds a lot like the postpartum, right? There's the birth situation where women feel this it great is. joy. And then all of a sudden, so yeah, I didn't want to go too far with that one, but it sounds very similar to where you should be happy. You should tell yourself, right? But this is not something that you necessarily have total control over. It's going to hit you. It hits me. I know after every performance, I get that kind of adrenaline drop. And yes, and it's also, it's part of you that you leave behind. You leave a part of your identity behind. And mm. um, unfortunately, I haven't been pregnant yet, so I don't know, but I imagine that being a pregnant woman is an identity as well that's true expecting a baby and then all of a sudden that's gone that changes who you are again and and you have to say goodbye to your old self and welcome your new self and that is a grief process as well mm, you've said and that twice there, yeah i want to jump into there that. The various fact, stages of that yeah that's right when you said grief that's what it activated in my head the five stages of grief and it's crazy to think that as artists We have to, oh gosh, it seems very deep, but I said at the beginning, it's going to be serious. We have to experience almost a death each time a project is done and go through the five stages. Sounds very, very, very morbid, but it, I guess you're saying in your, in your life and in your, in your practice as you coach, you've seen that you have to go through this. So what would you tell people? Like, how do you get? through the post-show blues? Like what is, what is specifically for artists? What should we know? I allow my feelings. I allow to feel my feelings. That's what I've learned. So I allow myself to rest after a project for one, two weeks, whatever it is. And uh, not to, not to be hard, not to be too hard on myself and not to exaggerate uh, and, and even, you know, add to these, these sad feelings, which are negative feelings, yes, but sadness and grief and saying goodbye to people and projects and characters. Um, you know, I, I allow that time to, to pass. And, uh, and I always also think that it was part of my dream and it is of 
uh, it is on the path of my dream, but the product that is there that was born, as you said, and it's finished is now also other people's dreams. Mm. So that makes me feel happy and fulfilled that I've contributed to something that's going to last and hopefully people will enjoy and like. That's really powerful. The fact that you think about, again, the giving, right? We can tie the, 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 the line between you want to give to people as an artist is not take. So then once you complete the project, it is still a gift. And as we all know, I wrote in my book about the fact that artists are a gift, but we're also called gifted. And, yes. you oh know, yeah, so that's one of my phrases is that we feel sometimes discarded because when people take a gift, they throw the box away, right? We are the box. <laughs> they open us up. Hey, look at all this stuff. And then they're like, they run off. And then you're like, what? But you have to remember the joy you just gave that person. When they opened you up, they took out the gift. Yes, the gift is now out of your hands. I've seen this with books. I've seen this with mu- uh, with with music. I've written uh, concerts, as I said, live performances. Every time, you really don't control what happens after you do it. It's all for the people to consume or to say yes or no or read it, or don't read it, or watch it. So you're right. There's so much of that where you have to just say, "I gave my all. I gave it to the people that," I, and then you know, it will find the people that's supposed to find and I don't have to identify myself with it so much. That's so powerful. And and probably this is similar to having kids, right? When you, when you raise your kids and you have to let them go. I I have to go personal here. You just hit a nerve. I'm sorry, Andrew. You did not know this. Everyone that's listening and watching is the first time we're talking. Second, second time we're talking. Um, I am literally having a a child that will be um, getting married in a month. And then another one that will be getting married in about a year. And so I am fighting that right now. You want to talk about identity crisis? <laughs> Try going from dad to op- empty nest, no one to tell what to do. They're all doing their own thing. And yes, you're right. It is very much. That's why a lot of creators, we call these projects our babies, right? We say that a lot. We say, yeah. oh, my baby is my project, my, my movie, my book, my music. And yes, it is very much like letting a child out of the house and realizing that they don't need you anymore. Yes. And I know that on a conscious level, you will be able to handle that just fine. And you just said the key word, they're not going to need you anymore. Because we tend to think that if we are not needed, then we are not loved. But that's mm. not true. Your kids will love you forever, even if they don't need you, right? Wow. I mean, they, they don't need you anymore to cook for them or take them to school. They don't need you. They're adults, but they will still love you. You will be always their father. So we shouldn't confuse being needed with being loved. They're not the same thing. Okay, I could just drop. You should have dropped the mic right there. That I, we could just stop the podcast right there because that's. I'm serious. That will free a bunch of us because, as creatives, we definitely do kind of. I don't want to go again into the psychology, as I'm not a psychologist, and this is not mental health advice. But there is definitely a codependent style of wanting to be needed, right? Wanting right. to be wanted as creators. I want to be picked. I want to be a part of the team. I want to be a part of the cast. I want to be I want to be helpful. I want to do all the I things. I want to be needed. I want to be needed. And yet at the same time, like you said, whether it's being um, necessarily maybe you weren't picked for this part or maybe the part is done, but either way, your identity cannot be based 
on what that person's need was at the time. It has to be that security. So I have to ask you, we've gotten some deep waters, but I love it. How do you continue to keep that identity safe inside even after or, you know, whatever happens? Because you, you just need that even keel or else, like you said, you'll be on an emotional roller coaster. Well, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it happens to me as well that I'm losing it. But as you said, it it is codependency in a way. So we need that external validation. But when I, re, when, when I manage to catch that, then I pull myself together. And maybe by just by writing a blog post, which can take me a day of mm. thinking and emerging myself into a subject, into a topic, gets me realigned with myself and with who I really am, even without other ones around me, even without being reflected in these so-called mirrors that are uh, around us, without feedback, without um, claps, without applause, without, uh, you know, being seen and heard. But uh, I tried, I think writing is one of the tools for me that helps me to become centered and grounded again in myself. Mm, that's great. I also want to ask you, because you just kind of talked about the loneliness of stepping away. Uh, do you have, or do actors have community? Um, is there places where you can go where there are other people that are not on set with you? Or do you encourage people to have friends? Like, how do we, how do you avoid the loneliness that you kind of describe where it's like just you? Are there other ways that like that, that, creatives in your space kind of stay connected outside of just the performance? Oh, it's a good question because when I was younger, we used to go out a lot um, every night, you know, after a day of shoot. But later on, I I wasn't that outgoing anymore. Mm -hmm. And me personally, I, I sometimes go to film festivals where I hang out with other fellow actors and, and friends. But I also see a ten tendency that we don't really look for each other's company that much, maybe because of the competition mm. or, or, or envy. I don't know. It's, it's a very That's, competitive business. Right, right. No, I'm so, glad you brought that up. So I see the phenomenon is I, that I see is online in these online supporting groups on Facebook or social media where people don't know each other personally and are distant enough physically from each other that they cannot be rivals, they cannot compete for the same roles. So they, then they connect on Facebook and we are part of a community, let's say European actors or actors in Budapest, whatever. So, so these communities exist, but somehow I feel tension among, among actors, but maybe it's just me when I, when I have to go and, uh, and gather and and be together with no, them. No, I appreciate I appreciate the transparency of that because that really did it. It does strike me again coming from the outside looking in. It does strike me as something where community. Like I'm glad you said it. It's so hard to deal with the community versus the competition, and um, I think again it has to be this level for all of us as creatives. This level of understanding that yes, every once in a while I'll connect with someone, but that very same person might be the person that is picked before me. And that can't be, that can't be a reason to isolate, right? I've heard of people being introverts, but being an isovert, I've heard this phrase recently. That's not good. You know, introverted. Isovert. Yeah. Oh. Isolation. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of starting to dig into that with this other book that I'm reading. 
um, about why people think isolation is good as a creative. I don't think isolation is ever good. I think being uh, being able to be by yourself is good. Being able to process by yourself, obviously, solitude is good. But overall, isolation, like you know, like you, what you're describing, where you kind of just break off from the pack and the movie's done, and now you kind of just feel like I have no identity. I do feel like creators, like you said, music, film, art, whatever. There's a lot of people that miss out on the value of community to help us avoid those ups and downs. Because then if you know someone that kind of just knows you for you, they can say, hey, like you said, you're you're loved and not needed. I don't need you to perform on my stage. I don't need you to act right now. I just want you to be you. So yeah, I think that's a huge part. Maybe even as you're building your community and your clientele, that's something I think you offer. You have such a warm, confident, com- com- comfortable and confident uh, spirit about you that I would want to be a part of your community because I know you've done it. And you've yeah, been yeah, there. yeah. Uh, I, I'd be glad to have a community of actors and performers and creatives from all over the world who just genuinely feel safe and protected in this community because this is another thing that we actors tend to feel safe when we are on stage or on set because, you know, um, the fant- our fantasies and illusions are sometimes e- easier to live in than in reality, and it's safer than the real world itself. I don't want to talk about the war and these things now, but living in the real world is so risky mm. that it's so scary that sometimes we feel much safer when we are in our imagination and illusions and we can just play, right? Oh, gosh. It is such a good, I think it is such an important thing for us to discuss. I don't think there's a one answer, right? I think that's why you have to be a coach. I think that's why you have to continue to talk about it and blog about it because how do we deal with that desire to kind of stay in our space, our safe space? You said it earlier when you talked about leaving Hungary. Getting out of your comfort zone sometimes means getting out of your creative zone. It means being just a person in the grocery store or being a person, you know, like it's, it is so much easier for me personally. Yes. I could sit at the piano for hours because my, 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 my problems melt away. My bills are not at the piano. I can, I can just be right. I could be present. But like you said, eventually I have to get up. Eventually I have to be Alan again. And I love the fact that we're talking about identity as being the most important part of knowing who you are and not letting your, I mean, we're not saying to people that you shouldn't be a creative. We're just saying you're not just a creative. You're not just an actor. Is that a good way to summarize it? Yes, yes. It's You have to get a complete acceptance of yourself with your different identities and different personas that you have inside of you. Because yes, at the end of the day, we all have to go to the grocer, to grocery shop and, and that's not very glamorous. Well, unless you're doing Instagram, I'm sorry. I just, okay. Everybody, half of us in COVID never go to grocery stores anymore <laughs> because we call these, 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 these meal delivery things. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, I, I started to go to uh, grocery stores and also farmers markets recently, which you. I didn't, I didn't use to go before because I was a bit, here not okay and i thought i'm a star i'm famous <laughs> you know i'm a celebrity i'm known oh how am i gonna fit? i don't fit in there you know with uh on the with the general population the general and, population i love it but that but that passed and now i really fit like i belong there and i i am one of them 
Isn't that interesting that I, I wrote this earlier in my, my, my community and thank you for letting us kind of like talk about this because I love this kind of interaction. This is where I feel like a lot of creatives don't get a chance to hear this part um, where we talk honestly about how we see ourselves. And I wrote down that, um, hey, what do you wish non-creatives knew about you? And I really struggle with writing that word non-creative because it is kind of like a, you're not creative. I'm, I'm a creative and you're not. I believe everybody is gifted. I think God gave us all creativity. Just some, some are creative with math. Some are creative with science. Some are creative as doctors. Some are creative as actors. Some are creative as musicians. So I believe we're all creative. Just the creative arts, I know is a different thing. And so one person wrote back and she said, I wish people understood that my brain works different. That at four o'clock in the morning, I'll wake up and I have to get this idea down or just something, you know, so we do, we are different in a way because of the way that we think about art and, and drama and, and our lives and emotions. But in other ways, we're just people. We're just the same as everybody else. And it's so important for us to check ourselves. And you're right, because I was too much used to see myself with, you know, with wearing makeup and beautiful dresses being taken professional photographs of and being on the cover of magazines. And I believed that, hmm. which was not true because it was a construction of an image that was part of me or a perception of me, but it wasn't my, my complete self. So me as a private person, I am quite different from the Andrea Oswald people think about because it's their idea of me, their perception of me. Yeah. But yeah but it's just one side of me. So I can be so many more things that they have no idea about. And I should be free to, to leave those different uh, many identities that are inside of me. Oh, wow. The freedom. I love the word free to be free to, because so much of our artistic lives are spent trying to find that freedom to express freedom to be here. But like you said, sometimes we limit it to, the performance were free. And I, limit, I limited myself mm. because I was enslaved uh, into this brand that I built about myself. And as Sam Spiegel, uh, the late Hollywood producer, used to say, the problem starts when actors believe their own publicity. Mm. I, I believed my own publicity that I was a superstar or famous person, whatever. And that misled me. A little bit, uh, not forever, thank God, but but a little bit of, you know, I took some sideways, but then I found my way back to my own self. Wow. So I, I love to, this is a great conversation, but there's this one con one con question I usually end with, and I want to ask it to you now because I, I want to hear how you would think about this. Because after 25 years and being on sets with people like Robert Redford and like just seeing, like you said, kind of believing your own your own publicity for a little while, but it's also a blessing, right? There's a blessing that you worked hard and you deserve to kind of see yourself and enjoy like knowing that you accomplished a lot in your profession, but also being balanced. So what would the Andrea now say to the Andrea who was at that first audition where those girls got cut and you were standing there hoping like, what would you say to that Andrea and to anybody else, by the way, who's in that same position getting ready for that first audition? Like, what would you say now that you've seen kind of like that roller coaster start to level out? Trust the process. Mm. That's what I would say. I can't say everything's going to be all right because 
there's going to be ups and downs and difficult moments and there will be crying and <laughs> disappointments yeah. but but trust the process because it's part of it all the rejections all the no's all the disappointments um you know everything is part of the journey and you know a journey is never like this straight going upwards or it's like a heartbeat you know it it's ups and downs ups and downs yeah yeah i love that yeah and without the downs you you would never be able to enjoy the ups either so yes when i'm down and when i experience some down times and downhills i know it's part of a process and it's completely normal and it's completely okay Oh my gosh, such great advice. I'm telling you, I'm telling everybody right now, if you're listening, well, hopefully you are, you are listening because you heard my voice just now. <laughs> um, I hope you go back and listen to our section about identity and post-show blues. Really, this entire interview, Andrew, has been amazing and people will need to hear more from you. So please tell us how to connect with you. How do we stay in, connect, in connection with you on social? And also how do we take advantage of the products and the services that you're sharing with the artist community? Thank you so much for the encouragement and having me. Um, my website is andreaosvard.coach. There are uh, plenty of free free resources there, my blog posts and my free mini book that you can download. And there is also a free session, uh, a coaching session that I offer to everyone who books a slot with me. Um, and I'm just happy to connect with all. And then we can take it from there and see if we want to work together on a long run, you know. And uh, if we do, then uh, then I'm sure we can have a great journey together and uh, achieve some great results and uh, and be balanced performers. Mm, oh, love that word. I'm telling you, I feel honestly that you have the perfect persona and the perfect identity, right? Because you've gone through it to lead other actors and creatives, because there's just something about, you said it earlier, giving. There's there's no take in your spirit. It's all giving. And because it's open, I know somebody's going to click that link right now. They're going to ask to be a part of your, of your clientele to work with you. And I hope you'll be back to the God and Geeks community. I hope you'll hang around and just, you know, continue to share because conversations like this need to be had and they don't happen until we connect. So I'm so glad you gave this non-actor a chance to dig into the acting world with you. Thank you so much for being on the God and Geeks show. And I hope it's not the last time. Thank you, Alan. And let me just get back to what you just said and remind you that sharing is loving. Mm. And needing is not loving. Needing is not loving. I'm telling you, that's a, a that's a tweetable one right there. If you need something to tweet, go back and make sure that you tag Andrea in that tweet because that is such great advice. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Can't wait to do it again. Take care. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. I cannot tell you how impactful that episode was for me personally. Those words that Andrea said to us about not being needed to be loved, that could free a bunch of us. And I feel right now you probably just thought of somebody in your creative circle or friend or family member who needs to hear this. Maybe they aren't even in acting. Maybe they aren't even in creativity, but they need to hear that message. And so much of what Andrea shared with us is about our humanity, our shared humanity as people who are also creatives. And you are going to want to bookmark this episode and probably listen back a few times just to make sure all of that sunk in. 
But to make sure you get more of Andrea's content and all the resources she's sharing with actors and other creatives, go to those links in the show notes, follow her. I'm pretty sure now that you see that she's not only an award-winning actress, but a coach with some insights that will help you as an actor, whether you're beginning or already in the profession, I'm pretty sure you now understand that this is a resource that you want to take advantage of. Thank you so much, Andrea, once again, for being on our show and being so transparent and authentic. It's one of the most enjoyable conversations I've ever had on the podcast. What I love so much about this conversation is that it brings me back to what God and Gigs is all about, building community between creatives and really helping us to see what's possible for us when we dig into what God has implanted on the inside of us, that we grow every day, that we become more connected to our purpose and our destiny. But maybe you're not sure about that destiny. Maybe you're not sure even after you heard this podcast that you really belong in a community of creatives. Maybe you've been considering going full-time as a creative, but you're just not sure because you still have some of these insecurities that we just talked about. Well, I want to offer you a free resource that will help you answer the questions that you really need to answer and kind of sift through all of these thoughts you're having as you're considering whether or not to go full-time as a creative and to pursue your God-given dream. It's basically a four-question questionnaire and worksheet that will help you work through those issues and answer the questions that will help you get clarity and confidence moving into your next step in your creative journey. To get that resource, all you got to do is go to godandgigs.com slash questions, godandgigs.com slash questions. It's a free workbook. And I'm telling you, this is the kind of resource that will help you answer the questions that will help you get to the next step of your creative journey. Godandgigs.com slash questions, or just click the link in our show notes and description in this episode. Well, my friends, that's it for this episode. So much was shared, and I know that you're going to continue to grow even more as you share this episode with other people in your life. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following the show. Make sure you're following all our socials. All those links are once again in the show notes. But most of all, I hope you will continue to become the creative that you are created to be. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us here at the God and Gig Show. Please leave us a review on iTunes, like our Facebook page, or visit GodandGigs.com and tell us what you thought of this show. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, go create something amazing.